Welcome back to Trip Talk Tech. We got a super dope show for y'all today. Uh, but before we get into the show, let me just real quick introduce our honorary uh, guest today, Mr. Rashad Bowtie Mills. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for having me, man. I'm, I'm a two-time uh, offender, so I made it back. So that, that means that's a good thing. <laughs> and that's what exactly what I was going to say. I was like, see, I, I'm introducing you, but the crowd know you already. You already been through. But real quick, everybody, before we get going, I know what you said, like, all right, we got Michelle back in the house. We have technology still. Again, we're, we're trying to expand a little bit more beyond technology and just also everyday life. You know, it, it is good to, to talk about how to get this bag, how to get money, how to do different professions. But when you're in these places, when you have the hard times trying to get to these places, really think that mental health, uh, that, that wellness aspect will definitely help you out. Uh, along that journey, and uh, I pitched the idea to Rashad, and uh, he, as he is, you know, just that giving back type person, he was willing to to get on and get on board with with the program. I appreciate you for that one. Um, it, it just goes in testament to what you do and who you are. Um, those that don't know, Rashad is a licensed therapist. He also has his own uh, podcast and, and show that he does every other Monday night. Yeah, uh, 7 p.m. Monday. Every yep. other Monday uh, night, the Rashad Mill Show. And you can check that out on Awesome God Radio, uh, Facebook Live, and also YouTube. Uh, if I said anything incorrect there, Rashad, definitely come in and, nope, and correct me. My God, my God. Hey, man, so like I said, we, we, we thought about this concept, and, and I ran it past him. He was good with it. And what we wanted to do is what we call a monthly health check. So hopefully at once a month, we'll come at you with just one mental health topic Then we all hopefully deal with it. Not hopefully, but if you do deal with it, most likely deal with in everyday life. And then hopefully we'll extend this program and it'll get to a point where you guys will email us and let us know, hey, let's talk about this topic. And we'll try to pick a couple questions from that topic. Again, we're not trying to give you uh, therapy in, 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 in the session here, but we do want to give you just some pointers like we do everything else to kind of get you along your day to get going, maybe refresh yourself. I know that's what Rashad's all about in his channel. Uh, so we just want to continue that. And the day's topic that we decided to talk on, Rashad, was, is grief. So you, you get a lot of people come through your office or, or your practice with, you know, with that, absolutely. that being an issue. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very, very um, important topic. It touches everybody regardless of you know, socioeconomic status, people will experience grief in some form. The interesting thing about grief is we typically think of the passing of somebody, but grief is in different in different stages, right? What's different stages, but it's in different forms, and we'll get into the stages momentarily, but it's different forms how we can experience grief. Um, the model that we'll talk about tonight, the five stages of grief, it's actually a model that can be used um, and grief as it relates to, you know, people getting divorced, relationships ending. So grief is not just this particular, well, again, it's always associated with just the, the passing of one, someone. And that's how we commonly think about it. But grief can be in, in different forms um, in our life that we'll experience. And then all of us at some point have and will experience grief. So it's really important to understand um, some of the things that we can do to kind of have to navigate that very difficult process. So what I'm hearing is we picked a, a subject that might touch on to a lot of people today, huh? Absolutely. I mean, 
anybody that you can think of, right? Anybody mm-hmm. that you can think of, they have, you know, experienced a form of grief. And it's just, it's like an inevitable cycle of life, right? If nothing else, it doesn't have to be um, grief from this, always the unexpected perspective, but we do know that as we are born, we are certainly going to die. And then that's like grief and the people around us, they're not going to live forever, right? So um, they'll, they'll pass on as well. And how we handle that grief can be very, very important. Correct, correct. Now, like you said, I, I think we'll talk about a little bit more than grief as it pertains to death. But I know for me, when I think of grief and when I came at you, I, I, I know I had a couple deaths in my family. Um, a couple friends I know had some deaths in their family. And one thing that I see that remains resident between all families, which is, 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 is crazy to me, is in the time where it feels like we should all be you know, hey, it's deaf, and we should all be jumping on board. We should be getting together, and we should be working together as a unit. It seems like that's the time where it feels like we start finding all the things we hate about each other, and then this is the time we bring them out and we fight and we feud. Um, number one, and that, the question I have for that is, do you see that as being fact kind of in your practice and, and the people you deal with? And then if so, why, why do you think we go through that emotion? I've I've seen that right with with different um, clients that I've been working with in the different family dynamics, but I think the why is really based on the dynamics of the family prior to that event, okay. right? So think about this: if there was um, a family that already had some, I like to say stuff, right? It had some quote unquote stuff going on. Mm-hmm. The death wouldn't make or the grief, right? Because we don't want to limit it to just death. But the grief wouldn't make that family really change. What the grief would do in most instances that you're talking about, it highlights the issues that were already there. So a lot of times the grief gives a little push to the emotion. And I'm a very sort of um, therapist. I like to illustrate a lot for people. So if we think of some family dynamics that were here, right? If this is where they were, right? Underneath of the family dynamics are right here, right? And then let's take grief. The grief just literally pushes the dynamics up to the forefront. And now those dynamics are more obvious. They're more in your face. But guess what? They're not new. They've already been there. They just need something to bring them to the surface a little bit more. So, I mean, even in my family, being 100% candid, there's been moments where, you know, somebody has passed and it's brought things out. But those things were already there. They already existed. So I think it's really dependent upon the dynamics of the family prior to the grief. Now, if we want to be very specific, we can say, let's think of a a very influential member of the family dies, one of the pillars of any family, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Grandmother, grandmother. Grandmother, yep, yep, yep. Let's just say grandmother. The most typically she's the most stable person in most families, right? She's the one that's lived at the same address for 60 years and and the most stable. When (laughs) she passes, guess what? Now you can, this is just an example, but it's true mm-hmm. to it. Now you may see, you know, aunts, uncles fighting over money, right? Sibling battles over money. Who does the house belong to? Who does the car belong to? In actuality, that underlying jealousy, that's already been there, but it really wasn't talked about. And it was sort of the elephant in the room, the individual passes, and it just kind yeah, of on the surface. And now it's like at the funeral, you have... You know, you, you have people looking at each other with the death stare and, you know, these. But guess what? These things were already there. I mean, they were already there. I've seen it, to be honest with you, in my practice with um, step parents and children. Right. If let's mm-hmm. say a biological father passes, I've seen instances where his kids and the stepmom, 
they have major issues after his passing or, you know, we can switch it around and say um, a, a, a stepmom would pass and the same thing, yeah. her kids issues with the dad, but guess what? They've already been there. They were operating on, you know, I guess you could say lukewarm terms before and now it just heightens it. And here's the other interesting thing. When someone passes and you see sort of this emotional outbreak from family members and it's like, whoa, we should be all coming together on this unified front grieving. Mm -hmm. You got to understand this, that grief produces a lot of emotion. And when people are grieving, oftentimes I see it, it gives them sort of, unfortunately, sometimes it's like a pass to act out. Uh, it's like it. you kind of you kind of see where I'm going with it. This, Somebody, this, this is I, I can let go this time. You know, this I, is, can, I can let go. Right. Granny passed. You know what? I'm so upset that granny passed. I'm going to really tell Keith how I feel about him. No, nah, man, you're not getting, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the money that was set aside for me. And it's like, well, that jealousy for Keith was already there. But now this individual has sort of this um, I'm going to just let it all out mentality. But to answer the question, yes, I see it a lot. And I think the reason for it is a lot of the issues are already there and they're just bubbling under the surface. Wow. Wow. A lot to think about. And, and again, when I hear that, that also for me, you know, I'm not always the victim, too. So you got to have some compassion there, because, again, like you said, maybe if some things are already brewing that I might not even have known about that mm-hmm. I should, you know, should address and, and deal with them in that moment and not worry about the emotion that's coming with it. So I appreciate that one. That was a good one. Now we talk about the five stages. So my next question would be along the lines of, is there a cycle? And obviously what you are saying, five stages, mm-hmm. it sounds like it is a cycle of grief. And um, I guess being that it is cycles of grief, you know, how do you recommend that we deal with them or what are those cycles that we need to go through? Yeah. So you can look up, uh, look it up online, but typically the one that I like the most is called Kubler-Ross. Those are the individuals that kind of came up with this, I guess you can say theoretical model as it relates to grief. So it's the five stages of grief. And I always try to remember it as DABDA. I'm a big kind of guy to, to remember it like that, right? So you have the D is denial, right? Denial is, hey, an individual passed. I really can't believe this individual passed. Um, and to be honest with you, I haven't gotten to the point where I have truly accepted that granny has passed. No, you know, she's, she hasn't passed. No, this, this can't be. It's no way that she can die, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's denial, right? Okay. So then you have the A, you have, um, you have anger, right? So when people think of grief in this cycle, a lot of my clients say, what is the anger about? The anger can be directed at different people, right? So we talk about family dynamics. The anger can be directed at a person. The anger can be directed at the person that passed. That's very interesting. Think about this, Mm. and this is, I've seen this a lot. Um, And your facial expression was like an indicator, like why would they be, you know? (laughs) I've worked with clients that they've had loved ones pass. Their passing resulted from them not taking care of health issues. After that individual passes, it's like, man, I'm really upset that, you know, dad never went to see his doctor regularly. You know, the doctor told dad to stop smoking and he continued to smoke. Ultimately, it led to cancer in his passing. I've seen a bunch of instances like that where people are actually mad at the person that passed because of a variety of reasons. So you have this anger. Sometimes this anger is directed 
um, towards other people, right? The irritability, I'm, I'm mad that this person is passing. Now I take this anger out on other people, right? You can see that quite a bit. Um, an example that I've seen of that is working with younger people in Baltimore City. You know, we know what the city is like in terms of grief and loss. It's like some of these kids go through it, it feels like on a weekly basis. Working in the school system, I've seen kids come to school absolutely pissed. And when you get down to it, they're not mad at the teacher. They're not mad at the little boy or little girl that they hit. They're not mad at anybody, but you know what? Anybody that that hasn't done anything, they are angry because somebody else in their circle was murdered. That you know, they're they're angry at in this instance, they can be angry at the person that committed the murder. So it's so many ways that anger can factor in in terms of when people are dealing with grief and loss. And here's this last one, um, and this is the most interesting part of it. Um, and for me as a Christian loves God, I never thought about this until I had a client, I think like last, last year, I think it's actually COVID. Um, she had lost her husband due to COVID and I worked with her quite a bit and it was so, the grief was so heavy that she couldn't return to work. Wow. It was just very difficult for her to kind of process and maneuver through it. And she said, Rashad, I'm mad at God. And I was taken yeah. aback initially and I said, mad at God, explain that in greater detail. And she said, mm -hmm. I'm mad at God that he didn't keep my husband around. And that and Valid. she was a Christian. And it was like, mm -hmm. wow, that's very real. When people go through grief and they experience the anger, this particular stage, it can be directed at anybody because their sole focus yeah. is on the person um, that they're actually grieving, right? So that's the anger part of it. Then you have the, um, the third stage is called bargaining. And a lot of people, when they hear bargaining, they can't sort of put bargaining and grief together because it doesn't sound yeah. like <laughs> the bargaining is almost like a reasoning, right? It's like, God, why did you? It's like you're trying to make a deal with God. God, okay. why did you have okay. to take, you know, why did you have to take Joe? Why couldn't you have taken somebody else? In Even the me is that. Some people say that, right? Like, you just couldn't oh, absolutely. Me why, yeah. why did he have to go? You should have, you know, you should have allowed such and such to get cancer or so it's like a, a bargain. It's like trying to make a deal and it makes them it. They think it makes them feel better. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Within the bargaining um, stage, you'll have guilt, too. Again, the guilt could come from why did I let him get behind the wheel? I, I knew he was drunk. I should have never let him get behind the wheel. Or why didn't I? Um, you know, why didn't I tell her not to go to the party? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's guilt. So it's some stuff there. Right. Um, and I think with the bargaining stages, it relates to guilt. People try to bargain in an attempt to make themselves feel better about what they feel like that they did wrong. You know, a lot of these things, it's not their fault at all. But this bargaining phase is like. They, they engage in it because it, it makes them feel they think it makes them feel better. They're trying to make themselves whole off of something they feel they did to contribute. Gotcha, Absolutely, gotcha, gotcha, right? Gotcha. So then you have the fourth stage, depression, right? We know what that looks like. Sometimes that may look like um, you see individuals that um, so depressed can't get out of bed and return to work, right? Um, oh, eating habits can be altered. Sleeping habits can be altered. A bunch of things can be altered as a result of an individual going through depression, right? That depression mm -hmm. can last a long time. That depression um, may be a short period, right? It just depends on the individual. It's an individual basis kind of deal in terms of the depression. Now, the, the last one is acceptance. Acceptance mm -hmm. is 
you know, really coming to real terms with the grief, whatever it is, right? I'm literally accepting the fact that this is this is ended, and now I'm trying to explore no, new options in order to move forward, right? Now, mm-hmm. here, here's what I want to say to everybody that's going to listen to this. These okay. steps are not in this direction, one, two, three, four, five. They don't happen that way. It's Got not it. sort of this linear, you know, I go from acceptance to here. It's not, it doesn't happen that way. Okay. Now, I've seen clients that experience grief and literally it feels like that the first thing that they go through is anger. They totally skipped the first two stages, but they went to anger. <laughs> right to anger. They went to anger. I've seen clients that it feels like they're engaged in depressive symptoms instantly. One, one thing real quick, Rashad, I don't want to cut you off on it, but what was that me didn't go back and reference the uh, first time you were on the show. And if you didn't, you might want to check that one out because you did lay out what depression feels like. And, and you know, you made it real simple. But for a person that's on that borderline, am I depressed or am I not depressed? Can you give them that measuring stick? Uh, for me, I, I always say time, duration, and frequency, right? Those are, the three, those are the three factors that would, to me, determine if it's depression as opposed to a general sadness, right? Um, yeah. A lot of times when we're talking about general sadness, it just happens. Sometimes, and most of the time, depression is caused by an event, right? And I'd like to say sometimes situational events. Somebody gets, you know, breakup, divorce, somebody losing a kid. That's a situation that could be um, the onset of depression. General sadness may not last that long. You may wake up and feel sad a day or two, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're at the stage of depression. Major difference, cool. right? Yeah. But I'm glad that you said that because some people may experience a moment of sadness. Um, it's raining outside. Man, I really feel sad. Am I depressed? doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. And then there's criteria once a therapist says, they would diagnose you as being depressed, you know, the severity of it. Is it like, is it what they would call clinical depression, which is a much more severe version of it? And it's, you know, different stages of it, but that was a great question. So with the stages, you started denial and the goal is to actually get to acceptance, but it's not a, you know, a linear process and it's different for everybody. The goal, when I talk about acceptance, I always encourage my clients to think about it this way. If you go through some form of grief, once you get to acceptance, it doesn't mean that that grief has gone away. It just means that you can function in a much healthier way with the grief. That's, That's a good it. point. It, like you said, it, it, it's not like, you know, you know, acceptance and accepting the situation or dealing with the situation doesn't mean the situation may not hurt you or may not whatever. Mm-hmm. You're just learning how to navigate in spite of. Yep. Cool, 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 cool. Man, I appreciate that. They, that was now that was a major gem right there as far as grief and how to deal with it. Last thing I would ask is, is, is it any other kind of ways or tools or, or recommendations you would give the audience? Um, again, like you said, if, if grief is past death, even if, if it goes to a point of, uh, you know, like you said, relationship or whatever that grief may be, you know, is it, is it other techniques or ways that, that we can deal with it or, or stick to the five steps? Yeah, well, the five steps are great, but I would just say coping, right? I say that this would be a great time to develop whatever those coping skills are, you know, for individual, right? Um, 
Exercise is always a good one. I'm always, always, always going to exercise for incorporating movement. For some people, it's journaling. Journaling is a great way with grief because that is an opportunity for them to express exactly how they feel. With journaling, it could be one word or you can put it in form of a book. It's it literally, it's up to you how much or how little you go to it. Um, yeah. Meditation works for people depending on your you know, spiritual and religious beliefs, right? Um, mm -hmm. Different things like that. I know people really delve into but coping skills are really, really mandatory as it relates to grief. You can go through the five stages, but I think that you have to have ways to cope in between there because there are going to be times that um, you're going to be triggered, right? And as it relates to your healing process, whether uh, most of the time what I see in just in, in practice is uh, individual experiences, a some kind of uh, a birthday, a holiday, or a moment, right? And it reminds them of the individual that they're grieving and it becomes mm -hmm. now they're triggered again. And when that happens, you know, it's a great time to go back and make sure that they're engaging in some kind of coping skills that can help them navigate sort of um, that time. And then understand too, that grief is, when people are grieving, it's normally, it's a time where it's really hard. It normally doesn't happen where the grief is sustained and every day just seems like, you know, the most yeah. difficult day of their life. It's normally a period. And again, that period is different for everybody, but it's that's why it stages. And eventually individuals will get to the point of um, acceptance. Yeah. And I think to be honest with you, man, people, when they're grieving, they really need hope. A lot of people say, you know, when is this going to end? And it's just mm -hmm. it's really understanding that there's there's hope there, but it's it's a process and it has to be. It has to be worked through. My man, I, I, I think that's it. That's it. We, we got to shut the door on, on this topic. Maybe we'll come back with something next month. But I, I just appreciate the gems because, again, like you said, this is this is a real topic. And I, and I think this is one a lot of people, you know, you deal with. And, and as you heard, people get you some coping skills. Got to figure out, you know, what, what works for you. Um, definitely gave you a whole bunch of things that you 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 could choose from that that I'm sure that you can do at the comfort of your own house. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, man, I just thank you again, Rashad. I thank you for being a part of the mission. Uh, we'll see what it do next month, huh? Thank you for having me. I, I'll be locked and loaded. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you as always. Thanks a lot for supporting. I'll tell you. Hey, before we go, before we go. Shout yourself out, out again just so we can catch you and what you got going on on your podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, that was a great alley. I'm going to dunk it in. So <laughs> every other Monday starting August the 23rd, you can catch the Rashad Mill Show, Awesome God Radio. It will be on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So I just bring on guests that are um, really instrumental in some form or fashion in, in terms of it's a lot of mental health guests that I have on the show because that's near and dear to me, bring on a lot of people who have gone through, you know, one phase in life and now they're in a different phase of life. So motivational stuff, inspirational stuff, a lot of educational stuff. So to kick off this fall season on the 23rd, I'm actually interviewing the cast of a play, uh, Ursula Battle stage play, and it's called From Addiction to Deliverance. So I'll actually be interviewing the cast on set next week and I'm super excited about that. Um, so that's the Rashad Mill Show. And if you have opportunity, just check it out, you know, like, share, follow, and, and all of that social media stuff. And we'll put it all up on the on the screen when it when it's uh when we play this. So 
Again, I thank you, my brother. We'll talk next month. Good talk, y'all. I appreciate you having me.